Know a lot about golf. Well, we're waiting. And it is us, those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. Live at the Golf Cave in Edinburgh, Indiana, Timbergate Golf Course. After surviving uh, many attempts at shushing. <laughs> it's it's pretty fun. We had a good time shushing down slopes. Yeah. Went out to Colorado, had a great time. Big anniversary trip. It was really good. Skied. My legs are burning. And then we said, okay, let's go back to Denver. We got a little time to kill. So what do we do? Stop by the Red Rocks Amphitheater, which is a really, really cool place. The, imagine all of the, the, the terrific musicians that have played there. Mm-hmm. You know, you walk in on the, you know, you park and you walk in on the top level. Yeah. And then, so you, so you just go down to the bottom. You just start walking the stairs down there. Yeah. Okay. It's fine. Except you're, you're at elevation. Right. And oh, by the way, you just got done killing your legs on the ski slopes. So there's the walking down part. Your legs are throbbing. The walking up part, your chest is heaving. (laughs) You're like, I can tell that I've probably not had enough exercise for this this thing because I'm just walking steps. Yeah. Yeah. Well, but you're walking steps at elevation when you're a flatlander and you get up, you know, a mile high plus. Yeah. It's a little adjustment, man. Little adjustment. It it is, but you know what? It's beautiful. It is. It is pretty. It's how beautiful. how far down in elevation did you have to get before the snow stopped? You know, I don't I don't know, but boy, I'll tell you when we were up, uh, you know, up up in Breckenridge, you know, that's ninety three hundred and some odd feet above sea level, and mm-hmm. then and then you go up to the Continental Divide, and it was snowing like mad up there. Ooh. Yeah, and then you come shooting down there, and you can literally, if you haven't been there, folks, you come out of this mountain. Literally, you're coming out of the mouth of a mountain because they drilled a hole right through it, made themselves a little tunnel, and you start shooting down, and you're on cruise control for like 15 miles. Yeah, you know we're whipping down the hill, and I'm having to stop. I'm having to put on the brakes. <laughs> you know, and it isn't just because the sheriff was behind me, um, but that was a whole nother story. But that <laughs> that was I, I didn't didn't manage to have any problems there. But nonetheless, you know, and, you're whipping down this hill, and it is a it's a steep. Uh, it's a steep grade. That's um, right. You know what we are going to do eventually today? We're going to talk about. We gonna, we're going to talk about golf. We could do that. We're going to talk about p- power. You can go down the hill. Ooh. I mean, like he was he was running down the hill, hundred miles an hour, sideways, but he had to put on the brakes. You don't want to put on the brakes with your uh, clubs. You want as much power, as much speed as you could possibly get. And we're going to tell you how to get more. That's right. Hang out. We'll be right back. We are those weekend golf guys. Every time you hit the course, you're looking for your best possible performance. You can't be too low energy. You can't be too high strung. You have to find the perfect sweet spot, the Goldilocks zone. Now, most golfers experience residual aches and pains from playing. You know, your elbow, your knee, your wrist, they may not be career ending, but these issues will and can affect your game. That's why WellCare Botanicals provides premium CBD products that can help with concentration. They can improve sleep and help you recover from aches and pains that will help improve your golf game. The ingredients list has no additives, no pesticides, no parabens. And once harvested, the hemp is processed by CO2 extraction that ensures zero residual solids. Lose your
your first tea jitters and get on the level you deserve, well-being starts with WellCare. Use code WEEKEND and get 20% off your first purchase. Visit us at wellcarebotanicals.com or call 888-211-2011. That's 888-211-2011 or visit wellcarebotanicals.com. Use code WEEKEND. Just got back from the post office. We're standing in line behind grandmas and they were all in masks and six feet apart. And I'm going, come on, I got a business to run here, people. I should have used stamps.com, and from now on, I'm going to. I'm not going to stand in line at the post office ever again, and I would suggest you do the same thing, too. You can just use your computer to print official U.S. postage for any letter, any package, any class of mail, anywhere you want to send it. Then you just call them and schedule a pickup, or you can go drop it off. Five cents off every first-class stamp, up to 40% off priority mail, and up to 62% off UPS shipping rates. Yeah, you heard me right. UPS. Stamps.com is a no-brainer, and I want you to sign up now and give you even a better deal. When you use our promo code GOLFGUYS, you get a special offer that includes a four-week trial plus free postage and a digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. Stamps.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in Golf Guys. Stamps.com. Enter Golf Guys. Stamps.com. Never go to the post office again. Hey, thanks for hanging and coming back. We are those weekend golf guys. I am John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. He is in Edinburgh, Indiana at the Timbergate Golf Course, which is a fitting and proper location for the number one golf instructor in the state of Indiana. I I like my studio. I got a lot of room. I can work with two to three people at a time on full swings and, and, uh, I got a space over there for putting and you know, it's, it's plenty big. People are separated. There's, there's more than enough room to have that many people in the room and yeah. it's a pretty good size spot. Right. And so, and it's things are better now, too. You've got new like carpet that, yeah. and it's, it's, it's all remodeled and it's party. Yeah. And it works it's green well. carpet. Yeah. Well, a little earlier in the week, back on Tuesday, we have done, we did episode number three of something that we had started doing <laughs> strangely enough, three weeks ago. Uh, but it's an app, a free app called Stereo. You can download it for your iPhone or for your Android phone. Absolutely free and easy. We will give you the link to do that, too, after we tell you why you should do it. Is that every Tuesday at 1 Eastern Time, Jeff does a live version of Jeff's Quick Fix. So far, in the past three weeks, we have fixed people's slices. We have fixed people's hooks. And this week, we actually talked about how to get more power, how to hit the ball, how to be longer off the tee. Let's put it that way, which is something that all of us aspire to. Oddly enough, nobody shows up on my doorstep clamoring for me to help them hit it shorter. (laughs) They just don't. Yeah. You know, it's, it's all about the same three things, right? If I can, I can make golfers happy. If number one, I can make their golf ball go straighter, more under control. Mm -hmm. And number two, I can make it, make them hit the center of the face and make it feel good. But number three, I say it in only that order, but it's not the order of importance to most people is to hit the ball farther all the time. That's where they show up. It's always in those three categories when we're talking about full swing stuff. I remember you and I had a uh, conversation when Intrepid Producer was up, Intrepid Producer Mark was up there with us. You told him that you could get him to hit the ball farther. Yeah. And, and that was, he was like, sign me up. And he was afraid that you were going to do something that would make him swing faster. He was afraid he was going to throw his back out. Yeah. But then you, <laughs> I remember that. But then you said, listen, Mark, 
swing speed is not what we're going to work on. And you confuse the hell out of him. Because you see, he, like everybody else, just automatically assumes that if you're swinging the club faster, that your ball will go farther. Mm -hmm. Or they also assume that the only way for them to hit it farther is to actually swing faster. And so when I can use some other factors that people can produce, I can change the angle that their club face is at. I can change the angle that their club face is moving. I can make sure that they hit it in the center of the face. All those three things can make a ball go faster off the face and go farther. And yet the golfer was using the same level of effort. And people just go crazy because they dismiss the factors I just mentioned. Face angle and how the clubs get to the ball on what angle and, and hitting in the center of the face. They absolutely act like those are automatic and they're going to happen. And they always hit at the center of the face. And the club's moving at the right angles and the face is always square. And all those things, they just ignore the fact that they have to be there. It's like they're automatically going to be I'm like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Yeah. Can I jump in real quick? Ask a question. I'm sure it's going through some people's minds now. We keep seeing all these ads for all these clubs that can um, uh, take care of off-center hits. Yeah, right? sure they can. They may Well, they maybe they can, maybe they can't. That's for another show. Uh, but even if they can... If it's an off-center hit, it's not going to go anywhere near as far, even if it does go in the right direction, right? Right. Look, there's truth in the fact that if I said to you, John, I'm going to hold up any club, doesn't matter what club it is, doesn't matter what the manufacturer claims that it has, <laughs> and I say, I want you to put your finger on the spot on the club face that you know that the ball will leave the face the fastest, where are you going to put your finger? Right, smack dab in the middle. Yeah. Guess what, folks? That'd be the sweet spot. Mm -hmm. That'd be the hot spot, so to speak. Mm -hmm. Why Why didn't you put your finger on any other spot, John? Because it would have been the wrong answer. And I don't give wrong answers. Well, <laughs> 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 We've been doing this show now since 2012. And our loyal listeners would have never guessed that one. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the realistic answer, of course, is you touch the one single place on the club head that you knew it would come off the fastest, and it was in the center. You didn't touch it on the toe. Mm -hmm. You didn't touch it on the heel. Right. You didn't touch it on the top. You didn't touch it on the bottom. You went straight for dead center right? because you knew, for the most part, that right there is it. So you know, because that's the ball coming off the fastest off that spot, you know it's slower everywhere else. I didn't even have to tell you. No. You just knew. It, it makes perfect sense. You know that it's just something you just know. Yeah, you just get, right? And yeah. you, you've played golf long enough and you're a golfer. You've seen all kinds of golf pros, pictures of their club faces and all these great players, these great, terrific ball strikers. They all hit it right in the center of the club face. It looks like a little dime spot worn out mm -hmm. on somebody's irons, right? Okay, that's the sweet spot. That's the place I got to hit it. That's the thing. I got to hit it on the screws or hit it on the button, so to speak, right? right. That little, the little things we say. Yeah. Well, guess what? Guy comes into me earlier today and says, I'm 44 years old. I don't hit this ball nearly as far as what I should. And so I watched him swing and I measured it on the launch monitor. His ball speed was coming off at, he was, he was swinging it at 96 miles an hour. Okay. And his ball speed was coming off at 126 miles an hour. Now, to give you a little perspective, John, that 126 
from a 96 mile an hour club head speed is not nearly as fast as possible. Okay. So what I did is I realized, Hey, this guy at 44 years old, his club head speed is already in the ballpark to hit the ball far, but his ball speed was low comparatively. And here's what I know. And this, I, I, you and I have talked about this in different ways, but I'll give you an example here. Let's make the math easy. John, mm-hmm. let's say that your driver club head speed is 100 miles an hour. Let's mm-hmm. just say. Let's just okay, say that. Let's just say that. I, I know that you're, you're itching to have it, but <laughs> let's just say that it is for just this conversation, right? Ah. All right. Your ball can only leave the face of that club moving at 100 miles an hour. It can only leave the face of that club at 150 miles an hour. So says physics. Okay. Okay. Isaac Newton got it right. Okay. So we got basically ball speed comes off the face a maximum of one and a half times its club head speed. That makes sense? Yes, it does. Okay. That's the maximum that physics will allow. Right. It's not the USGA making some rule that says that you can't, you can't go over that. No physics says that USGA okay. actually said something different about the spring like effect on the face about the trampoline effect and all that stuff. Yeah. But, but the USGA let, ain't no Sir Isaac Newton. Got it. So they're just the governing body that limited what we're allowed to do to get to the limits of physics. Right. Okay. So this guy comes in and he's got a hundred, he's got 126 mile an hour ball speed coming off of a club that's moving 96 miles an hour. So we know that he's not close enough to one and a half times. Right. What kind of distance is he getting with those numbers? Okay. So he was getting a maximum of about 225 to 230 yards. So says he. Okay. Okay. Did, did that make sense so, vis-a-vis the numbers you were seeing? It, it did. Just depends okay. on where it was going to hit the face, right? Gotcha. Okay. So what, what we're saying though is let me, let me, Try to recap here. Um, yeah. The swing speed was okay. The ball speed was much lower than it should have been for the swing speed. That's right. But I bet that the bottom line result is that if he hit it better, that the ball speed would pick up and maybe even the club head speed vis-a-vis the ball speed. Well, you think? so the ball speed it got better as a result of what I did. Okay, well, then we'll check and see what you did. As soon as we come back, we're going to take a quick break, and you're going to take yourself off. to 142 miles an hour. Okay, we're going to take a quick break and come back and tell you about what happened. We are those weekend golf guys, and you stick with us, and you're going to be able to hit it farther, faster, more power, power. Hang with us. We'll be right back. Hi, it's John Ashton. You know, my wife and I both suffer with knee pain. She's a critical care nurse and spends 12-hour shifts on her feet. And you know me, I play golf now and again. You may have heard. Well, until recently, we thought the aches and pains were a fact of life that we had to deal with. But then we tried 100% drug-free relief factor. We've been taking your convenient packets three times a day. I was skeptical at first, but I'm a believer now. 
The Relief Factor secret is its four key ingredients. Each one works on a different metabolic pathway to help your body heal the inflammation that causes many everyday pains. If you have everyday aches and pains too, remember Relief Factor is 100% drug-free and is designed to be taken every day so you can get out and stay out of pain. To make it easy as possible for you to try Relief Factor, the father-son founder Seth and Pete Talbert have created a three-week quick start and discounted it to just $19.95. So do what I did. Go to relieffactor.com slash golf and order a three-week quick start for yourself. You'll be glad you did. Again, to claim your three-week quick start for $19.95, go to relieffactor.com slash golf. Stunning. You don't have to hit a shot to fall in love with the Pete Dye and Donald Ross courses at French Lake Resort. Our hotel and golf packages are the way to go. Add the casino and spas and it's a road trip for the memory book. Safely get back to the game you love with one of the packages found online at FrenchLick.com. Legendary golf at French Lake Resort. A breath of fresh air. Must be 21 to enter casino. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-9-WITH-IT. There is a brand new app out that I want you all to be aware of because it is going to revolutionize the way that Jeff and I and you deal with each other. It's called Stereo, and it is a free live broadcast social platform that enables people to have real conversations in real time. It's going to allow us to build a more intimate relationship with y'all by engaging you in direct conversation. So if you've got a question, let's say this Tuesday at one o'clock, you want to fix your slice and you want to talk to Jeff Smith directly about doing it, you can. <laughs> yeah. Did you note that down? Okay, we're excited to offer all of our listeners a new way to interact with us. So join us on Tuesday at 1 in the afternoon for a live show on the Stereo app. You can download the free Stereo app and then select those weekend golf guys so you connect with us whenever we're live. Stay tuned for more details on how to engage with us on Stereo at the end of today's episode. Just go to Stereo.com slash golfguy underscore John to get started. This week on The Approach Shot. Former Super Bowl champ Walt Thurman brags about his golf game. I wouldn't mind playing a, a round of golf with Phil Mickelson. Bring lots of money. <laughs> That's good to know. I'll be ready for you, Phil. <laughs> <laughs> and comedian Ro Delagazzi talks about a Yankees fan out of her element. I would have been safer as a crip in a blood bar. That's <laughs> not Download an episode or two of The Approach Shot today at Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you download podcasts. Thanks for hanging and coming back. We are those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. When last we left, Jeff was telling <laughs> you about the dude he had this morning who uh, wanted to hit the ball a little bit further with his uh, uh, driver. Yes. And, and you know, so, just let me say first off, man, that, that some of us would be very happy with those numbers to begin with. Yeah, that's right. He wasn't, though. He okay. thought, like a lot of people, I should be hitting this ball farther. Right. Okay. I just should. I know it. I feel it. It isn't that I just want to, but I know that something is off. My ball should be going farther. And I agreed with him mm. completely. As soon as I saw the fact that he had 96 miles an hour club head speed, and I'm not saying that's the fastest thing in the world, but for a guy who's relatively in good health at 44 years of age, I would expect him to be able to get to 96 mile an hour club head speed without any issue at all. Mm. And he did, but his ball speed was way too low. So what I decided to do with him was to maximize his ball speed. And I did it just based on what I, we said earlier. What do you think I, I had him do? I had him find the center of the stinking club face. He's I got said out, done, buddy. <laughs> I know, but what I did is I got out a couple of things, right? Two of those big yellow 
car wash sponges. You know those ones that are kind of shaped like a little figure eight, a little squishy in the middle, and uh-huh. they're just yeah. yellow sponges, right? You go soap up your car and goop it up and do all that. Yeah, yeah. that's I got two of those. And I made him swing between them. I stood one of them up on its side, and I put it on the rear side of the golf ball, on the outside of the golf ball. So if he was going to swing out to in, he would have had to clobber that sponge okay. on the way to the ball, right? Okay. So I gave him a little bit of a barrier there. And then the other one laid it down flat, and I put it on the inside, on the player side of the golf ball, okay. but forward of it. So I staggered them. So the golf ball itself had a sponge on the outside and to the rear of it and on the f- on to the front of it on the inside. Okay. So there was a, a path, a gap, so to speak, that the club could come in from the inside, the player side, to down the line, and I made him just wide enough that he could easily pass the club head through that big gap. And I made him swing through that, and not one time, John, did he clobber either of those two sponges. And every single time he did it, I made him do it for like 20 times. And he saw these visual barriers. Now, Mm -hmm. he knew that they're soft and there's not anything going to get hurt, but they're large enough and ominous enough to make your brain go, aha. I'm going to swing right through there. His club head was far more under control at that point. So he made something happen that I didn't even talk about. His club face came through more squarely. He wasn't dragging the club, pulling on it, pushing on it, doing too many things to change the face angle. So after he did some of those, I said, okay, so now we're working on center face contact because it was obvious that as soon as he passed his club through that little gate that I gave him, that as soon as I put a ball in the middle of that, he knew he was going to hit the center of the face. So his confidence level went up and he didn't really screw himself up by doing anything but swinging between two sponges that I put down there for him. Then I put a ball in and bang, here's the first one up the middle and the ball speed went to 142 miles an hour. He hit it on the screws, as they say. 142 as opposed to what, 126? That's right. That's the ball speed differential right there. What's, what's and he the, looked at me and went, oh my gosh. What's the distance differential? I mean, how many so, how many yards does each mile per hour equate to? About three. Three. So 26, yeah. 42, that's uh, 16, 18. That's 18 yeah. mile an hour increase times three uh-huh. is 30. That's 54 yeah. yards further. Yeah. 54 yards further. Yeah, he killed it. He looked at me and went, there's no way that happened. I'm like, yeah, sure is. Because he came in with a square face, right? Did, no did glancing he, blows. Did he have to change anything else with that swing or just just no. concentrate on the path? Just swing through there. Jeez. Because you see, he understood enough about swinging through that path. And I didn't have to tell him that he didn't want to clobber either of those. So his concentration was on what was going to happen down at the ball. His club face came through squarely. His path was right on target. He ripped a ball. And it barely moved off the target line any, and he hit it with a dead square face and he hit it right in the screws and his club head speed was again, moving at 96 miles an hour. And all of a sudden it just rocketed off there at 142 miles an hour ball speed. And he looked at me and went, there's no chance I can do that again. I said, I don't know. Let's find out. (laughs) And so the next 20 minutes, he's just hitting balls and grinning from ear to ear. Yeah. And I said very little. So with this guy, I essentially went about getting him way more distance than he thought possible when he walked in the room. And I did it in the least 
invasive way that I could. Yeah, I mean, but you didn't change his swing speed at all. No, I changed his ball speed, though. Mm, yeah. From 126 to 142. Now, he had some that were down to 138 to 139 range. And he had one that went up to 144 ball speed, but his club head speed was traveling at 98 miles an hour on that one because he was trying to swing extra fast. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't sure with that extra fast, that amount of effort that he put in, that he would be able to repeat that. But he was a repeater at 96, 97. And he didn't have to change his grip or stance or nope. anything nope. like that, shoulders nope. or nothing. Huh? Nope. The next thing I would have done to get him more distance, if it were going to be necessary, I would have looked at his body alignments and his tilt if he needed some to move the club a little bit more up. But it was moving two degrees up into the golf ball as it stood. We may have been able to move it up a little bit. I might have done it with ball position. Mm-hmm. I might have moved the ball position a little bit more forward and teed the ball up a little bit higher. That's another thing we could do to gain more distance because that would have increased his launch angle a little bit and possibly decreased his spin, which is a nice combination for if you're hitting a driver. Right. But the truth was is that – and I said this to him and I don't know. Maybe it was the nicest way I could figure out, but maybe it wasn't. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> but I said basically what was going on was he was using so much effort and not getting enough for it. So I called it – powerless effort. And he kind of looked at me kind of like you look at me when I say stuff to you, uh-huh. right? Really? Did you have to say it that way? Like, Did you jerk. Really? <laughs> yeah. But the point is, is that he understood that it was powerless effort. Mm-hmm. But what I did is I found out what he could repeat. And that was that swing that he was making at 96, 97 miles an hour. Right. Now, having said that, is that was effectively effortless for him to do that because it was so repeatable and he didn't feel like he was straining to do that, mm-hmm. but he had more power. Yeah. So I said, Oh, well, wouldn't you rather have effortless power as opposed to powerless effort? And kind of looked at me for a minute in much the way that you do mm-hmm. and went, <laughs> yeah, you're right. Yeah. I that because yeah. he understood at that point that he was trying to swing harder and harder and harder. And every time he did, he would miss the center of the club face. The club face would be at some odd angle that was not square. Yeah. And the path would be a little bit out to in, and he would rarely find the center of the face. And all of a sudden, his balls were going nowhere and sideways. Right. And that's the trouble is that that's everybody does that. Yeah. Most of us do. The head average driver is what about maybe three and a half, four inches? From front to back, yeah. so yeah. how how far apart did you did you put those sponges? How how much of a space was there between gave the it two a, sponges? I gave it about um, uh, a half an inch of total space on each side. Yeah, so yeah. you made and like then, five and, then, and a half, and then six then, inches apart. Uh, yeah, I just put a club head down and I gave it about a half inch on either side. Okay, okay, all right, I see. You know, it was that easy. Yeah. So I mean, yeah, I somebody could do that yeah. at home. You go spend two yeah. bucks for the sponges, go out in the backyard and. Well away at the driver. Yeah. It, it's wow. it's really not that difficult, but the sponges are, I mean, you could swing through a lot of things, right? I've done with lots and lots and lots of things. Sure. But what I have found is, is a few things. Uh, I've found things to be effective that are large enough to get the player's attention, mm-hmm. right? Soft enough that... The player has complete confidence that if he clobbered it, no part of his club would break. Right. 
So that puts it into a large and soft category. Okay, so now it's about the height of one of them, right? The one that the, the on the shaft side, on the player side, mm-hmm. has to be a little bit lower, right? Because the player's always afraid that they're gonna, you know, they get bad feedback if you if it was too tall, sure, right? So if I stood that one up on its on its side, it would be just as tall, and then all of a sudden the shaft would hit, and then the feedback would be bad. Mm-hmm. Did I or did I not really swing through there or not? Because the shaft would clobber it, and you really wouldn't know, right? So by laying that one down, it's still thick enough that, you know, it was about three inches thick. Yeah. They're about eight inches tall and about three inches thick. So as I laid it down, it was still three inches thick that the shaft would pass over and wouldn't clobber it. So Mm -hmm. I went with sponges because it fit all the categories that you need, right? The player has to know nothing's going to get hurt. So that means they're not trying to steer their swing and try to, avoid something because they didn't want to break their club, Mm -hmm. but it had to be large enough to be ominous. Yeah. And that's, I mean, just get your attention. Because that's that's even something too. If you wanted to uh, uh, take some practice rounds, you could take those with you. Ooh, that's the first, first time you use, you've used the word practice this year, this year. (laughs) How about that? You managed to get it. Look at that. You did it in February. I know. I know. That's because it's early yet. What can I say? Well, what we're not I sure. How about that? Log this one in the books, folks. We actually got John to spit that word out of his mouth as early as February this year. Okay. So we're we're talking sponges and distance and, and just practicing getting your, your club through on a basically a straight line, straight yeah, straight path. Um, and the things that can happen. And I like those two two uh, words you use there, the, the uh, powerless effort as opposed to uh, effortless power. Big difference. Let's uh, talk about how that can translate to the rest of the clubs in the bag, too, when we come back, if we could. We are those weekend golf guys, and we got more. Hang out. Have you had a chance to check out our other podcast yet? Please do. It's called The Approach Shot. We just talk to famous not so famous and infamous folks and we share golf stories life stories it's entertaining it's fun and it's available now at approachshot.net there's a group of guys i play golf with regularly i gotta tell you the first thing we do in the first tee we fire up a good cigar because there is nothing that goes better with golf than a good hand-rolled cigar and that's just the first one. And we all use Cigars International. We found them. Have you seen them yet? Have you used them? They've got all the right choices for a round of 18 and all the right gizmos and gadgets that make it as easy as possible. They've got windproof torches. They have crush-proof travel cases. And they get those clips that attach to the golf cart. And they have great cigar deals from their daily deals to weekly specials to the Cigar of the Month Club. And if you don't know what you want, get one of their sampler packs. And right now, Cigars International is offering our listeners 10% off plus free shipping. That's right, 10% off your order, plus free shipping. To take advantage of these incredible savings, just go to CigarsInternational.com and use the promo code GOLFGUYS when you're ready to check out. That website is Cigars, with an S, International.com, and use promo code GOLFGUYS. 10% off, plus free shipping, CigarsInternational.com. Could COVID really cost you your home? Well, cybercrime is up 75%, but the type you really need to worry about is home title theft, which is why you need home title lock. Cybercriminals are after our homes, and it's easier than you'd think. 
The title documents to our homes are online now. The thief finds your home's title and forges your signature on a quick claim deed stating you sold your home, and he's the new owner. Then he takes out loans on your home and leaves you in debt. You won't know until late payments or eviction notices arrive. Insurance doesn't cover you, and neither do common identity theft programs. For pennies a day, Home Title Lock protects your most valuable asset. The instant Home Title Lock detects someone tampering with your home's title, they help shut it down. Go to HomeTitleLock.com and register your address to see if you're already a victim and receive 30 free days of protection with promo code RADIO. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. You want to see how great a golf instructor Jeff Smith really is? It's very easy. $5GolfClub.com. The number $5GolfClub.com. It is us back again. Those weekend golf guys. I'm John Ashton. He is Jeff Smith. You know, and club speed though is, as you said at the beginning, it's it's not the uh, be all end all answer to hitting the ball further. No, it's not the only answer. Center face club contact would be a more important element to think of. Well, but it's there are a bunch of other stuff that that, that yeah. needs to come into play, right? Right, but it it is certainly one aspect that everyone actually can get to, to maximize themselves, right? Maybe the club's coming in at a better angle, right? Mm -hmm. And maybe they've got that going and maybe they got the face squared up. All those things could be attainable before gaining club head speed, right? Mm -hmm. So you can maximize who you are at the moment before you start to step on the club head speed accelerator. Now we can do that, right? Because you know, that's what I do with people is the first thing they want. If they're not going to work at it until I've proven some other things, like I've given them more distance already, like this guy was just blown out of the water because he just hit it 50 plus yards further. And he's like, looking at me like, you got to be kidding me. Right. Like, no, yeah. not. But he still, of course, said, but I'm only swinging it at 96 miles an hour. He says, I think I should be able to swing it faster than that. And I said, yeah, you can. Let's go through this. And I said, okay, so I'll give you some things to do that can speed up the club head as long as we keep working at center face contact. He said, oh, yeah, clearly, Mm -hmm. because he understands that what he didn't have was center face contact and square face. He didn't have that. And as soon as I gave him that, that's when the big change happened. And the rest of the things, now if we speed it all up, we still got to keep this bus on the road. Right. Yeah. So what do you do to speed up the club? There's different techniques, right? Per player, I'm going to look at their body and how they make backswings and what's happening in their body and how are they loading up for power? Right. I want to see that. So then I'm going to have them push off the ground and twist and turn and stand up and all those things to give more power. I'm going to do that. And I use my force plates. I measure them. I do these things. And that takes just a little bit longer. You know, it takes a good you know, 15, 20 minutes for me to really determine, you know, what's going to happen. How do I get this person to load better? How do I get this person to to translate that into more arm speed and club head speed? And we're going to use the ground, so to speak. Can you imagine, John, for a second, if you were trying to swing a golf club and you're standing in really gooey, slick, thick mud, do you think you're going to be able to really propel yourself to swing really fast? No, because you're not going to be stable. Right. So it's important to understand that connection between our feet and the ground. Now, John, try to imagine any other sport, any other athlete. Go back and look at last week's Super Bowl. 
you know, how does a quarterback throw? They rear back, yeah. they load up, yep. right? And then they begin to push. The lower body is involved, the torso is involved, the, the, the shoulders are involved, the arms are involved, everything's involved. Mm-hmm. Same thing with golf swings. Same thing with a pitcher on a mound. Mm-hmm. Same thing with a basketball player shooting a three-pointer. Three we all begin to load up somehow. Basketball players shooting a three-pointer. They squat down a little bit. Their knees flex. Their rear end drops down. Their legs are loaded, and then they jump up to propel themselves and then to release the shot. Right. So all of these things are going on. A pitcher standing on a mound winds up his body, torques it up against the back leg, begins to unwind his body. His leg steps toward the target, and then his torso goes, and then his arms go, and his hands go after that, right? So there's always this loading up of the body to, to make this happen. Golfers, we have backswings that do very much the same thing as what pitchers just do. So my job is to figure out how this player standing in front of me can load better for who they are and how they move and how do they produce more speed that way. And then that's the timing in which that happens. Okay. So that takes a little bit of time. And then sometimes we work on just speeding up the arms because maybe the player's already loading pretty well, but he's just kind of holding on tight and trying to drag the club through because he's feeling like, man, I'm trying to hit this hard and I got to squeeze like crazy. And like, okay, there's a point there where too much pressure is there. So what do we do? We speed up the arms. We give him light things to swing around his body really fast. Next thing you know, his arms get faster. When you give him heavy things to swing around his body? No, because that slows things down. I give him light things. He goes faster. Well, if you but if you, can, if you can get him hitting, if you can get him swinging heavy things fast, then when he puts something lighter than that, he'll be faster. Like using a leaded bat in the batter's in the you know batter's bot in the batter's That's circle right. on deck but, circle. Yeah, interestingly enough, we have found out that doesn't work nearly as fast, and it doesn't retain really? itself as long. Right? Oh, okay. It gets people to get their muscles to fire hard, and that does not always translate into long-lasting arm speed. So I listen to these, the the biomechanists and the PhDs and the people who actually go out and test things. Mm -hmm. And you know what they all tell me? Long-term effects do not show that they really speed up the club long-term. Okay. Now think of a, the, the donut you slip on a baseball bat. You mm-hmm. see all the players doing it. Yeah. So they're going out and doing it and they're swinging the bat really hard. It's heavier. The time lapse of that wears down very quickly. It's like by the third or fourth pitch that's coming to them, their brains have kind of lost the ability to swing that bat extra fast. Like as soon as you pop the weight off and then you make some swings that are really fast, they are truly faster. Oh, but that okay. is a fleeting thing. According to all the biomechanics, all the people who test it, right, for bat speed. Like that orange whip stuff and things like that. Those are heavier than clubs too, aren't they normally? That's right. But, you know, I look at that one. That that, I I like the orange whip. Don't get me wrong. I'm not saying anything negative about it. I like it for a different purpose. Mm, I like it because it makes the golfer sequence his motion better. Right. I'm not going to suggest that the orange whip or the products that are similar to that actually make your golf swing faster long term they might make your swing faster short term but they haven't been proven to make it faster long term but swinging lighter weight things helps that process better so you know what i do in my training we do both you know you've seen those swing fans that are out there Mm -hmm. boy they really make you work hard don't they they do when's the last time you picked one of those things up uh, last time i was up at the golf cave and you know what it made you do it made you your brain trigger all these muscles to fire harder. Yeah. And then all of a yeah. sudden 
I put the club in your hand right after that. And you were just whipping this thing around you. Like it was really fast. So what we did there is we found out your potential. Oh, okay. Okay. That's what we really did. We found out your potential to move the club head fast around you because your body did it right then, right there. It was receiving all this air and wind resistance. Mm Mm-hmm. So your body then had to create more force to, to get that thing going around right. and your body on a short term level got used to swinging the club at that kind of force and that kind of speed. But you, you notice like four or five swings later, it doesn't feel that fast anymore. It's helpful if you pay attention to what it really does for you. First is it makes you aware that you're really, truly capable of moving a club that fast. But if you constantly were using one of those things, In training, you could trigger your brain to move your body faster, right? Right. But it hasn't been proven to be long-term in terms of an actual weight of a club. So what we're finding now in some of this, we call it overspeed training. We're trying to make your arms go ridiculously fast. Mm -hmm. We put things in your hand that are lighter than your driver, like by a half of the weight of your driver, then about three-fourths the weight of your driver, and then one about the weight of your driver. Next thing you know... You're swinging something that your arms are going faster and faster. And the more you train those, the more your brain triggers it at the right weight. You build up to different weights, but they started at lighter than your driver. And these things have more long-lasting effects, more long-standing ability to do that day in, day out. Cool. As opposed to you know the heavy things, and then you put something light in your hand, or the swing fan, which is resistance. I'm not saying they're bad. They're really good for creating more force. They really, truly are. However, that doesn't mean it's going to last a long time like, oh, well, I'm training with my swing fan or I'm training with this, that other thing that's heavy. And then I get my clubs in my hand and I'm going to hit it farther just a result of my clubs going faster. Yeah, that's short term. That makes sense. And now that you think about it, it does. But plus it makes it easier to do. You get less tired. Therefore, you could you could do it more at any one time. So. The overspeed training is really important, but I like the orange whip and, and swinging big heavy ropes and things like that for body sequencing. Mm-hmm. I really think that's pretty important. Yeah. A lot of ways to make a club move faster. We got to maybe do a whole segment or a whole show or something on the force plates because uh, this whole idea of your feet interacting with the ground in tennis, in, in pitching, in baseball, in every sport, you know you do that. And in, and in most sports, you work at doing that. For some yeah. reason in golf, we don't work at doing that, um, but we should, and we can. Well, and you realistically, take a from you, you do. Yeah, realistically, though, there, there really, a, a while ago, there really wasn't a really good way of be- measuring the great effect of it. Okay. Now, there were those people out there who were pioneers, right? Uh, the Mike Adamses and the EA Tischlers of the world and, and the guys who um, had bought force plates and used force plates a long time ago for measuring different things. I'm saying it just wasn't in the mainstream mm-hmm. of golf professional instruction. Right. I'm not saying that there weren't people out there doing it because they were. I just mentioned two of them, right. right? And they were learning and beginning to teach other people about how the body is generating force Mm -hmm. but now they're becoming let's say affordable for some instructors now the 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 set that i've got you know they're they're like seven thousand dollars and a lot of people wouldn't say that that's very affordable but if you're a full-time teacher that's probably one of the things you really should have right but you're not going to buy it for yourself to practice in the basement with no you're not 
you're definitely not going to do that. Right. There's, and, and, and I don't have the most expensive ones on the market. There's some different types and all that stuff. And they can run you up to $27,000, $28,000. That's like a car yeah, or a launch monitor, right? Yeah. But nonetheless, it's, it's the fact that we're talking about something that didn't used to exist in the way that it exists now. For example, cell phones, right? Mm-hmm. Think about your first cell phone. It was that bag phone with a big curly Q cord on it, right? <laughs> it's like I was calling in an airstrike. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Right? You get the thing plugged into the cigarette lighter in your car. <laughs> yeah. Which I don't know. Speaking of that, John, as you know, how did that ever work for you? Because if you'd had to take something out of the cigarette lighter to plug in your phone. <laughs> as they, but then they don't put cigarette lighters in cars anymore. So there you go. Got yeah, the receptacle. Yeah, they're AC adapters now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right. So, so just to recap real quickly, um, it is possible to swing faster without swinging faster. That's not right. It is possible to get more, more, a higher swing speed without swinging faster. And a higher <laughs> ball speed without swinging faster, and well, more distance wait a minute. without it's swinging faster. Say, it's pretty hard to say that it's easy to it's it's you can swing faster without swinging faster. Like wait a second, <laughs> you can get you can get a higher club a higher club head speed without swinging faster, without swinging harder, harder. Yes, that's harder. exactly what I meant. Yes. <laughs> All right, just so you're not confused, I'll be the confused one. But the bottom line here, when he's talking about force plates and and new things that are happening in the whole science, and this is a science of teaching people how to get better at golf, um, I've got just four words for you. Go take some lessons. Because there's more technology out there than you've dreamt of in your philosophies. And you got to <laughs> and you got to take advantage of it, man. Because this is the year. This is the year that you're going to break whatever that number is in your head. This is the year. Stick with us, and we can make it happen. Guaranteed. Money back. Ooh. Money back. Guaranteed. Ooh, <laughs> throwing out the big G. That's it, man. So <laughs> check it out. Uh, hang out. We'll be right back. Of course, we have a Facebook page, facebook.com slash golfguys. We would love it if you were to go there and like us. We'd love it even more if you'd go there and follow us, facebook.com slash golfguys. Did you hear us earlier tell you about the new app, Stereo? You know, Stereo app users can engage with the platform to listen in, to seek out topics, and to join conversations about issues and ideas that interest them. There's a lot of stuff on there. Comedy, pop culture, lifestyle, sports, and us, those weekend golf guys. You can download the app for free. Just go to the Apple or the Android app stores. Once you download the app, you'll be able to create an avatar and a profile, and then you can submit audio messages to the hosts of conversations to join that conversation in real time. Like us, a Tuesday, 1 o'clock, we will be having a live audience interaction episode on Stereo. Jeff Smith will be here to fix your slice, and every Tuesday thereafter, he'll be there with some quick fix for your golf game. Tuesdays at 1, stereo, live talk from those weekend golf guys. So just go right now to www.stereo.com slash golf guy underscore John. Then we'll talk Tuesday afternoon at 1. Okay, I hope you realize what has happened today. Today, 
you have been given all the information you need to hit that ball farther. Last week, we, we gave you the information on how to not hit it to the left. The week before that, we gave you the information on how not to hit it to the right. And this week, we gave you the information on how to hit it farther. You know, we started the, today's conversation with, with a guy that came to me. And, you know, we talked about sitting in the center of the face. Yeah. But then there is that, you know, how do we speed the club up part? And we address that a little bit, too. Yeah. Because – Everybody understands that they, even though they might currently be swinging at a speed that they could be really successful at golf and hit the ball plenty far if they actually got it in the center of the face. Then we said, okay, now I'll start talking about the things that actually make the club go a little bit faster because that's the thing that everybody's always trying to do anyway. Right. Well, how do I do this? And how do I do that? And don't I need to make it go faster? Well, for those who aren't making it go as fast as possible or fast as they can con- control, well, I gave you a little bit of that action as well. So today is a pretty good day for learning some basic, important things that many people overlook. First, center face contact. Second, you know, hand and arm speed. And third, using the ground a little bit to uh, propel your body to do what it's supposed to do better, faster, and at the right time. You can, as you think back to the beginning of the show, our first segment, when we had the uh, live version of our Tuesday's Jeff's Quick Fix show, which you can catch live on Stereo.com every Tuesday at 1 Eastern Time. Uh, All you need to do is download the app for your iPhone or for your Android phone. It is free. Stereo.com slash golf guy underscore Jeff. Go to our Facebook page. The link is there. Download it and be around next Tuesday at 1 for our live Stereo Jeff's Quick Fix. So just to reiterate, you can go to Stereo.com slash golf guy underscore John or Stereo.com slash golf guy underscore Jeff. Download the free app. Just show up every Tuesday afternoon at one. This is the year. Let's let's all let's let's all put our hands in and make a promise to each other. This is the year that you break. Insert your number here. This is the year I break. Okay, we heard you. You heard you. Whatever it takes to do that, do that. Join us next Tuesday afternoon at 1 on Stereo, next Sunday here on the radio, or anytime at thoseweekendgolfguys.com. Go play some golf.